Welcome to Conversations with My Teachers. My name is Todd Marston. I'm a musician living in Portland, Oregon. In this podcast, I interview people who have served as mentors in my life. These thinkers, feelers, artists, healers, and teachers have helped to shape my current worldview, and now feels like a great time to circle back to them in order to thank them, to engage in conversation, and to share some of their gifts with you. In episode eight, I have a conversation with Mary Sullivan. Based in Boston, Massachusetts, Mary taught the first yoga class that I ever attended back in the early 2000s. She teaches seventh grade special education in the Boston metro area. And at the time of this conversation, she has taken many years off from teaching yoga. In this discussion, we take a trip down memory lane and reflect on one of my favorite classes of hers, a class that she called Sacred Yoga. I hope that you enjoy this conversation. And we are live. I am extremely excited to have uh, Mary Sullivan joining me today for conversations with my teachers. And as I wind down this first season of interviews, conversations, um, a lot has transpired since the beginning of this process. And now feels like such a good time to uh, talk with this teacher of mine who I met um, around 2004, I think. And so, um, so yeah, welcome, welcome to the Conversations with My Teachers podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This is wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so, so I was telling you briefly before we got started that I, I met you, I had my first yoga class was with you. It was a, um, a Bikram class mm -hmm. at what was called Zen Athletica at the time down near BU. Mm -hmm. This was like 2004, I think. Mm -hmm. And some Berkeley friends of mine were telling me, oh, you've got to come check out this class. It's really a great experience overall. And at that time I had only taken maybe three private lessons with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that very first class feeling really good afterwards. Um, and I can see a thread between that class going through all the classes that I took with you. Uh, but what was most significant for me and the thing that I'd like to focus on today, if possible, is uh, your sacred yoga class, mm. which I believe you held every Sunday for what what was the time window that you did this? I did it at four. Mm -hmm. I think it was four o'clock, four to five thirty. Mm -hmm. It was an hour and a half class. Yeah, and, it was an hour and a half class. And do you remember the date range that you taught this? The date range. Oh my gosh, I don't. You know, I don't. I'll have to think back on that. Maybe it was two thousand. 2004 no 2006 maybe i think i'm not okay. quite sure i'm not quite sure it just kind of melted all together you know yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe seven, eight years in a row. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It but, went for a while. It went for a while. Yeah. I mean, I remember taking it regularly, yeah. if not every Sunday, but you know, uh, I don't know how many I went to just dozens. Yeah, I, know, I know. And this class, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read to you exactly what I wrote in my journal last night. Okay. <laughs> I was reflecting on, on what the class was to me. Sacred yoga, a space that welcomes, nourishes, heals, accepts, and loves. Music that invites you to let go of your burden to admit your humanity, your mortality, and your life force. To see yourself as you truly are. To experience yourself fully without the layers and the armor. It's as if each asana is peeling off layers of armor, inviting the body to be vulnerable, sensitive, to use one's senses. The heat invites the same. Relax, breathe, be here in your body. Smell. Candles, incense, sage, beauty in simple forms through the senses. As we ask our body to focus on some light repetitions, to then lay in yin postures, working with the fascia, and going deeper into our relaxed, true selves, the quiet invites lingering ghosts of our lived experience to express themselves and leave on an exhale. Eventually, we lie down and put a cool cucumber-scented cloth on our eyes and wait for some nurturing neck and shoulder massage and adjustment. This was the nicest way to spend a Sunday afternoon into evening, and it makes me want to cry thinking about it now. <laughs> it makes me want to cry, too. <laughs> and I just ended, ended with, when can we truly lean on each other? Mm. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's the... The question that feels so pertinent right now, um, you know, we just had a snowstorm here, which for me, you know, we didn't lose power, but the, the, the heaviness of it, we did lose access to our car for, you know, three days. And mm -hmm. um, it's just that, that heaviness of the pandemic Ugh. and, you know, this feeling oh, of everything, everything, <laughs> just everything. Everything. I mean, wouldn't it have been a time, I think, uh, over the past few years to have a sacred yoga class somewhere? Yeah. And it just, for me, was not to be found. Like, mm. I just could not find a, a class like that. I think that, uh, you know, yoga has changed. I think since I became a teacher, you know, I've been a teacher for a long time. And I think it's changed and I think uh, the need is there. And it's something that like, I'm actually thinking about after the pandemic, I'm like, maybe I'll go to my yoga studio that I've been going to and saying, hey, can I teach a sacred yoga class on Sunday? Hmm. Because it, 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 it fed me so much, so much. And hmm. there was never a, uh, ever, I can honestly say this with, with, all of my heart and my truth. There was never a Sunday I walked in there and I did not want to be there. Mm. Every mm. single class meant the world to me. It really yeah. did. It really did. 
Yeah. You know, it's one of the themes that I've been uh, getting into with this process of going back to people that were influential on me and uh, teachers of mine, Mm. seeing how much a focal point this is of, uh, you know, being in the exact place that we, that we want to be. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And focusing on the things that we want to, you know, experience and share with the world. Mm. Mm. And this theme comes in all shapes and sizes and it keeps repeating itself for me in the lessons that I'm learning through through returning to people. Mm-hmm. Um so it's interesting because I have I have this idea of, you know, each individual and who they were, you know, to me in my life. Um, and so I, I, I think this is a good, like today is a really good one because, you know, you and I haven't spent a, a whole lot of time together. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, a couple of, of, of times where we would linger after the class or, you know, mm-hmm. I always felt like a real respectful energy from you of boundary and the, the ability for you to hold the space in such a vulnerable way, you know, for people's stuff to come up, um, but for you to really be able to like just hold that space and then you know be very light and non-intrusive and and really you know to have your own kind of uh sense of boundary too mm. like you weren't necessarily asking for um an entourage or mm. uh or a following and you know mm. I yeah. saw you as as this this teacher that was doing your thing, getting mm-hmm. what you wanted out of it, yeah. and giving so much. Yeah. You know, I imagine that you you helped out hundreds, if not thousands, of people <laughs> during that time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's funny you should say the word following. You know, I think um, I I am not a follower in a way. You know, with uh, teachers that I've, you know, master teachers that you practice with, or, you know, whether you're going away for two weeks or doing retreats or whatever, I, I could never understand the, the, the wanting of others, you know, like the, a, a teacher would walk in the room and, you know, a master teacher would walk in and they'd almost be like this. And I was just kind of always like, what's, I don't get that. Like, I just didn't get that because I think, even in the reflection of, of sacred yoga, I have my own um, guru. You know, I don't need to follow someone. And it would, it would feel uncomfortable for me for someone to feel they should follow me. You know, mm. I think that would be... So I, 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 res- I respect what you say. I never looked at it that way, but I, I think I did. I didn't even realize it, that I definitely had like a kind of like a boundary, but a good boundary. I think it was comfortable and, and um, but people wanted their boundaries also, especially on sacred yoga, they'd pull you aside before they went in and they'd say, you know, I just, something happened. You know, I lost my mother or, you know, a boyfriend or I'm having a problem with a depression or whatever. And it would almost like those people would light up in the room just for me to, keep an eye on in a way, you know, as mm-hmm. almost a motherly way. Mm-hmm. And there are times that people would come in and they'd usually stay in the back and they would just cry. 
-hmm. they'd lay down and cry and cry and cry. And I'd bring, you know, a cloth over to them, or maybe I'd start what I did that kind of massage and the oils and that kind of thing. And, and then they'd uh, many times they'd fall asleep (laughs) and it was just so, it was like watching like a, 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 a fearful child, like let their hands go and fall asleep in their crib. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like to me. And uh, there was such joy that with teaching that, with creating that class and then with teaching that class and uh, I do it all again. I do it all again. It's something, uh, there's a need for it, I think. But, Mm. you know, I think that now uh, society is, moving so quickly, you know, for instance, I, you know, take yoga up the street and with the pandemic, it, it closed right around, you know, in March. Yep. And I remember going into a class and I was, you know, it's a hot class and you go in and I get very like, I like things just minimalist, simple, you know, and I walk in and three people are on their phone and I, and right away, I'm just mm. like, and I'm trying to let it go. Down. I'm trying to be like non-attachment, but part of me is like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. And then we go in, and arms go up, and Apple watches go on. They all what? start lighting up. Yeah, and you know, I have a warrior one in front of me, and I can check the time. And I am just like, like almost losing it. And I, I remember just in passing, I go out to the desk. I never mentioned, you know, about teaching or anything. And I said, you know, this may be crazy, but um, is there a way not to have cell phones and Apple watches in the room? Mm. And it was really kind of like, the answer was kind of like, well, and part of me wanted to say, well, what? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, is everyone in there a surgeon? Is every, and all of a sudden I felt I was judging and all this stuff. And I said, I have to, I, yoga has changed for me. It yeah. really has changed. So then I would go into the practice and I would just practice, you know, it wouldn't be like taking a class with uh, Jody Carey or Kat Mansfield or Richmond or you know, Kate, it wouldn't be like that. It would be taking class with a younger teacher and the rules, you know, there weren't as many rules. And I don't know, it was just like, it's just different, you know? And I Mm. think, yeah, but with the sacred yoga, I think uh, we all were there for, for a purpose. We all either made, you know, we got there to the class or didn't get to the class, but when we got there, there was reason to be there. And we all were there together. And we, like you said, we were all where we needed to be. Everyone had, everyone in that classroom was supposed to be there. Yeah. No matter how hard they cried or if they felt, oh, I'm going to take a yoga class and and they slept through the whole thing. That's exactly what you needed, you know? So, yeah. I I lived at a, a, a house with, you know, six musicians, for yes, yes. six or seven years mm-hmm. and uh almost always it was guys that lived there and many of i brought many of them to sacred yoga and it was kind of known that this is a place where you know you could go and cry <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know which is it's so valuable you, you men. Need, 
Yeah, and you need you needed that mat, that space, you know, that six by two and a half foot space to be a safe place for you to cry yeah. and to um, to not necessarily have to re-examine everything either. You know, yeah. not to really think things out completely. Mm. It's really a place to let, like you said, drop your armor and let your guard down and cry. And, um, and, and, and it, and that's exact. it did exactly, it did more than what I think uh, was originally planned. Mm. You know, it was, I, I think it was originally planned to be calmness and, you know, when I, I, um, I was at a Jimmy Barkin training um, down in Florida and a woman had mentioned, she said, you know, we have this thing um, in our studio that we do. And it's like a, like a, like a blessed yoga or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that sounds good. How does that work? And she said, you know, it's just a kind of a slow flow yoga and it's just a great way to approach yoga. And then the more I thought about it, that's when I presented it to um, David uh, Perlstein. And I said, why don't we try this like on a Sunday? But I need, you know, I want candles, <laughs> mm -hmm. oils, and I want hands-on and I want, and they just said, go ahead if it's if it's good it, if it flies it's yours go ahead and mm. you know and it was just something that uh everyone made the class you know it wasn't the teacher it was the emotion it was the laughter like mm. there would be times i remember going into a sacred yoga and i'm sitting in front and i'm sitting on a block and everyone's ready for meditation they're all choosing are they going to lie down are they going to sit up and i you know, we took a breath and it was very serious and we put our hands together and I said, um, let's begin with medication. Uh. And, the place, and the whole place fell apart. I was like, what is this? I think I was and, at that class. And it actually like made a different class because it, it just brought this kind of joy to the yeah, class. You know, yeah, yeah. But it, it really, it really healed me as well. Every, every Sunday it got me through the week. You know, got me through the week. The can I tell you a, a one one very profound experience that I had sure. in a sacred class? Maybe I told you that this at some point. I'm not sure. Um, so, in my teen years, so my grandmother and grandfather lived with us at my house growing up. Mm -hmm. While I was growing up, and my grandfather passed when I was like eight or nine, and then my grandmother uh, didn't pass until I was either in college or just finishing up college. But towards the end of her life, she got into dollhouses. Ah. And this was a thing that, you know, I was in my late teens and it was not cool. You know, nobody ever said this to me, but I just, I knew it, you know, it was not cool if I had friends over <laughs> to, to get caught up talking with my grandmother about her dollhouse. But she was, <laughs> She was such a sharer, like this very childlike person who wanted to share with you, you know, and, and sure. so every time I'd have a friend over, I'd walk <laughs> up into her apartment and, and she'd be like, oh, let me show you my dollhouse and this new thing that I'm like, it's like the <laughs> least cool thing that could be happening right now. Oh. And 
I don't think I was really like an asshole to her, but I don't think I was fully respectful. And, you know, I just was, I definitely wasn't patient in, you know, a broad sense. I was like, let me out of here. You were young. I was young. Yeah. But, you know, I, part of me felt really guilty about that for a decade. Mm-hmm. And I was in a, I was in a sacred yoga class and uh, it was Shavasana and I was lying there. And I swear to God that uh, my grandmother visited me at that time mm-hmm. and she was so present. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, Mim. Mim was her nickname. So Miriam was her full name. And I said, I'm sorry, Mim, for being such a jerk, you know, and, you know, will you forgive me for, uh, for not, not being kind, you know, in your later years and in those times and, and not valuing, you know, I really wish that I had, uh, soaked it up more with her and, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, she was such a positive influence in my life. She would be on this podcast big time. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, she said, of course, I forgive you. And it, it just seemed like such a, um, I don't know, it was a very profound experience for me because it didn't feel like I was creating this with my mind. I felt like I was really being communicated to by her. Mm-hmm. as this external being who is saying like mm-hmm. it's all good just take care of yourself and you know mm-hmm. forgive yourself mm-hmm. and i was just like sobbing and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i felt like a million bucks after that class and like i had grown yeah so, yeah you know yeah and i think that's why people came i think um the atmosphere also you know the 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 music mm. I would always look around at, uh, we've had a couple of churches that have gone under, you know, in, in our town. And I often thought, what would it be like to have a sacred class in there? Mm, like, you mm. know, with all the stained glass and just like, really have it like candles and just have a two hour class and this music. And there was a, a song that um, was called Beautiful Peace. And when I played that song, it was almost like that was the song that brought me into the class. And it was just, it's such a beautiful song. And um, just all of the music was not based on on any one religion or any thought. It was more like, you know, you would, I would, I would get like Gregorian chants and then I would get music like Ave Maria. And then I would get, you know, something, you know, something else like Buddha bar or something else, you know, and I had so many people request the playlist. Oh yeah. Or, or it's, they come up and say, could you tell me what the seventh song was? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. I say, could you hum it? You know? And and so I thought the music uh, uh, really um, was quite profound for people yeah. because yeah. It, it it was a, you know, we're in the middle of Boston and it's a rushing area and it's, you know, kids are in college and people are coming in all different ages for all different kinds of reasons for yoga. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I think it was designed not to be, you know, the hot yoga, the, you know, hands to the floor yoga, the you know, the Uriyata Bandha yoga, it was 
just, you know, you're here and you do, you do what you need to do. Right. You know, right. I think that, I, I, I think that uh, relaxed people not to be so worried about coming to their first yoga class. If sacred yoga was their first, if they thought sacred yoga was their first yoga class, you know, if they came in and said, Oh, this is yoga. And you know, <laughs> we know very well, it's not, but it's an, it was just such a nice introduction because the people out in the hallway were just everyone, you and everyone who came and, it's as if you all had known each other for a long time. And there are times I realized that people mm. would be talking that had no idea about each other, mm. but they would mm. meet on Sundays and they would wait. And when the door opened up, they would go in and say goodbye and they didn't know each other's names or anything. And so it was a, it was a, a community, a space, you know, community. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you have, and that's, I think, um, I think there's something to be said for, and this, this goes into the arts, you know, as well, but I think, I think activities like this that bring us together, but, but then have a deeper element that, um, that are stripping away layers in a sense, right, right, right. which mm -hmm. I do think can happen in, in many different forms, right, right. You know, um, I, I do think that they're, they are community building, but to go back to the music thing, there was a piece that I remember used to play and I don't remember how I found it. And maybe I Facebook messaged you about it like a few years ago, but I ended up finding it. It's the one, um, <laughs> and it's, it's such a huge piece. I actually went looking for like my favorite version of the piece and I've got it here. Um, it's it's this one, uh, Miserere. This is sung by the. Uh... Isn't that wonderful? You remember this one? Yes, yes. And, and the my criteria. There's a ton of versions of this. My criteria for it was I wanted to find the one that had like the sweetest high note. You know. Yes, yes. There were oh god, there were just. Uh... They went through you like wind. Mm. You know, every song that would come on, it was just, it would be someone's song in a way. You know, they mm -hmm. would be like, oh, and you could see them like, like this was their song or, or this is what they came for, you know, and it was just the beauty of, of sacred music, I think, is, mm. uh, is, um, this Christmas, we were listening to Gregorian chants. And uh, I haven't really done that before with my kids, you know, all my kids were here. And they were like, what's up with it? And I said, you know, just listen, like learn to get off your phones, <laughs> learn to get off of everything and just listen, like, just listen, you know, and I really enjoyed it. And then one day I asked, um, you know, Alexa downstairs, we have a little Alexa to put on Gregorian chants and I'm walking around the house and I'm really listening to it. And then as the song is being sung, I'm saying, I know this song and it was Stairway to Heaven. Oh yeah. <laughs> but done in a Gregorian chant yeah, style. Yes, in a Gregorian chant. And I thought, oh gosh. You know, I've heard it in a lullaby too. I, but I guess that song will never, will never get old. Yeah. But, um, but it's just really there are times that 
that that music you know you have music as a musician that can go right through you and bring you like this right it can almost like you have to shut it down when you're trying to park the car right oh yeah <laughs> you're gonna listen yeah. to it in like in parallel park in boston oh, yeah. right there's just no way you can do that right and then and then when you just play put on like meditation music or sacred music whatever you want to call it it's just like just allow it to happen but it's like people just don't take the time they don't take life is rushing too fast i think mm. and i think to just take the time you know just to you're in your house or you're as you know yeah i don't know just putting on something uh, more sacred more meditative even for a half an hour even for 15 minutes before you go to work before you do something you know and mm. you know and you can you can suggest to people what to do but many people won't do what you what you suggest mm. so i think it's all about learning along the way you know picking mm -hmm. up things along the way isn't that something you have that song oh yeah oh uh, that makes uh, me think of the uh, um deaf jam kings of comedy there's cedric the entertainer does a oh, thing yeah. where you know, he's like pretending to 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 do a reverse parallel park, and and uh, <laughs> oh, and he really? talks. He's like, "Oh, you got to turn the music down." Yeah, like, you do. Down. Yeah, you do. You have to shut it all down. You know, to just to think. You know, just to think. And it's almost like with with the music and the the playlist. They they didn't have you think. You know, they didn't really want you to know the words, or you weren't hooked in as much they kind of just kind of flowed you through the class mm, you know yeah. what i mean yeah uh, yeah i remember there were classes coming up uh when i was teaching yoga and they'd want them to be like a madonna class or you know oh, or yeah. prince class or something like that and and i remember being invited and and you know everyone has their own thing but i thought me in a madonna class i will not get anything done like i'll be like oh i like the song like i remember where i was i know what i was yeah, doing like, you know what i yeah. mean and it would just be like too much a distraction for me but yeah. i still love uh all those lists. I still love uh, yoga. Music is just beautiful in any form. I think. Yeah. Well, and and um, music in general. I guess being a musician, you know, for me that that's the focal point of my life. Is like, is yeah. like working with music and and trying to get deeper into its effects and um, just to study it and you know follow the muse. And right. There's, I mean, it's really an infinite number of ways to approach it. And the fact that it's this invisible kind of intangible structure right, makes it that much more mysterious. And um, mm. Mm. it's been, yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot there.
I'm I'm curious to know. So so you stopped teaching yoga at the end of was it around 2015 when when yeah probably 2000 probably 2016 I think it was 2016 2015 uh, 15 21 yeah maybe it was 2016 I think okay um yeah mm-hmm. so right around to, because it, the studio was changing yep and that was and yoga was changing and um I was not going to change with it. My philosophy about yoga and my philosophy about a class was different than I think what the next owner was looking at. Right. Right. You know, and, and it just, you know, you just know it's your time to leave Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was time to go. And, uh, and then, you know, my daughter had my uh, beautiful grandson Lincoln and then she had Josie and they have been, you know, my life, Mm. uh all the time and um and i practice yoga up the street and now i practice it at home for now but Mm. um my son asked me if i would ever go back and i i said i would you know i really would Mm. um and i think uh when you asked to interview me it really had me thinking about the need for something like a, a sacred yoga class again, you know, mm-hmm. because it was, it's something you, I, I don't see it anywhere. And uh, it's just such a different world. And I think, gosh, I, I often thought of doing something even down the river, you know, down the river on the dock, you know, just doing something on early morning or mm. something just because there's such a need for it. You can see it in people's eyes and, hear it in their voices and mm. see it in their actions, how, how our world has been um, shaken. Yeah. And there needs to be some grounding that, that or, or like you said, a, a place that you come in and you can be vulnerable and not feel embarrassed by it or anything like that. Yeah. Or coming in, you know, so it has me thinking, you know, it really has me thinking about, um, you know, as I move on through teaching, what would I like to do? Well, now you, it sounded like you were kind of starting on this train of thought and then I got, I got kind of caught up on the music side of it, but the, but it sounded like you were, you were beginning to brainstorm, you know, uh, the elements of Mm -hmm. the sacred yoga experience and, and to say, you know, and I think there's, there's so many ways you could do this, but like, you know, what would be the what are the components of it and how, you know, how do we bring those components into our everyday life? And, um, right. you know, maybe even in a way to dismantle, you know, and, and not to say to dismantle the specialness of it, but to kind of like, you know, acknowledge, like you're saying that, that now really does feel like an important time for that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we could, if we could articulate the components of it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that would trickle down into everyday experience or a real life class that seemed more possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it would, I, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, uh, th- it needs to be that real life class, you know, it needs to be, it's such a hands-on class and, uh, um, 
bringing in, um, you know, light, bringing in just a little bit of light and bringing in scent, like you said, you know, bringing in uh, the senses and bringing in touch, you know, because I would always have my hands on people, you know, and it's funny, I was thinking back, I, I remember uh, in a studio, and I, I can actually see why you, if you don't want to be, get adjusted, you leave like a, uh, like a wooden coin on your mat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and, and that I saw that evolve in studios. And I thought, oh, something, maybe something happened, or people are, uncomfortable or whatever but sacred yoga no never saw a wooden coin oh interesting <laughs> it, it was so it was so interesting it was so interesting i would i don't think there was ever a time that i placed my hands under someone's neck or someone's shoulders or gave them a cucumber cloth or whatever that someone said no that i'm good I think they were more like, oh, over here, like come over here. And and people need that too. I need that. Yeah. You know, you need that sense of touch and you need that sense of, you know, I am I have always been um like a aromatherapy person. Like if you okay. come into my home, I've I've always been that way. And I've always been um um having candles and I've, you know, and and making the ambiance just a little bit quieter. And yeah, it's to yeah. no surprise that 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 uh, the sacred yoga class was like that because it it just reflects uh, calmness and safety and you know and people mm. would come in and students would come in and you know they didn't have an issue with anything it would just be everyone got along mm -hmm. it was great you could crowd up the place it didn't matter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it just didn't matter and I think there's a need maybe you should teach it teach us you know I like I was telling you before um I'm not sure if I said this yet but the the you know in in my teacher training and everything I did one um you know one practice class mm -hmm. with with Richmond and and the sacred yoga class was 100% the model that I was going for you know, of like, yeah. like really slowing down and, and creating a space with the music, especially yeah. that was what I had yeah. access to at the, the space that we were using. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would definitely be interested in that. I'm, I'm, I am, uh, starting a monthly talking circle series. Oh, great. So, you know, using zoom and, and, and that whole thing. Um, but I think that part of this process uh is a way to disseminate these ideas too so even just hearing you talk about you know the fact that you create that ambiance at home mm. with with aromatherapy you know it's this is a skill it's a thing to learn you might not necessarily think of it that way but like yeah, yeah. i also teach a wellness for musicians class in the spring term mm -hmm. and a big part of that a part of my part of my job that I've decided is to really give a wide range survey of of all of the wellness tools that I can think of. Right, right. Because and those are the not, things. There are so many. There are so yeah. many. There are yeah, just so many. many. Yeah, I can think of yoga classes that I were, you know, I, I'd be in, and I would get this uh, adjustment, and it was like, oh my gosh. 
like it was just there was something about it you know and and every once in a great great while you'd get this one adjustment and it was just it was just called for and it was just mm. it, and it, and it adjusted you Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like turning your hand. There was something, the lifting and the turning, and it just, it was great. It was just, mm. you know, great. But I think there is definitely a need, a need in our world. I think we're stepping away a little bit too quickly into, um, I even see it in my, you know, my my own boys, you know, they're at the gym, which is great, you know, at the gym and all this stuff. And they are just like soul cycling and that pushing it and you know let's go you know this kind of stuff and Mm. and and they also get anxious really super anxious about stuff and and Mm. but there's nothing worse than having your mother a yoga teacher and you're telling them (laughs) to 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 take a class or to do some one of them is actually meditating with an app which is good which is good but but i think like you said all of those components that that um, that everyone picks up along the way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, meditating even just for ten minutes before you go to bed, or you know, or or having a candle, you know, a battery operated candle, you know, next to you while you're practicing, or you know, something that has meaning to you or listening to crystal bowls is just beautiful too. Yeah. That can be very, um, that can go very bone deep Mm. going with crystal bowls. Mm -hmm. It can go right through your joints and right through your bones. And, um, and there's just so much out there for people to, to try. You see so many memes about self care and, you know, and they're, well intent and self-care is so important but it's it's it can be so simplified through music and through you know you don't really need anything you need music you may need a mat you don't need a mat really but if you have one that's great Mm. you know if you have a pillow that's great if you can light a candle or you know have an oil in your in your house they sell them everywhere you know and Mm. and just kind of bring it down bring it down you know, mm-hmm. just for a little while to take care of yourself because life is going to load you up pretty quickly. Yeah. That is for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You'd go in the sacred class. You'd be like, this is great. And day after day, <laughs> you know, life would like load you up. You know, I remember Kat Mansfield said, um, I'll never forget her saying it. She was, something was happening I don't know, she was sharing a story and she said, you know, when life wants to get your attention, it, it, you know, it, it throws your red flag, knocks on your door, knocks on your door, you don't answer, knocks on your door, you don't answer it. Then it comes and hits you with the two by four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's so right. She's so right. If you look back at things, you realize the signs were there, but, you know, sometimes we just don't listen, you know, so I think that, um, we need to take care of ourselves because life is life is that suffering. Mm. Life is that suffering, and and not many weeks will go by where we're not feeling the weight of something. And so mm. it's always good to um, take care of yourself and take care of the people around you too. Yeah. You know, yeah, throw them in a room with you. You know they'd love it. 
Yeah. I'm curious about the the touch component. So I was mm. wondering if did you ever do Reiki or anything like energy healing? No, I I I've never done Reiki before. I'm trying to think. I think I went to a workshop. I Marian, I forget her last name, and um in Cambridge, and it was about adjustments and about touch. Mm. And it's not that I think it's more that I was thinking of a safe way to approach students that I knew I had the strength to do it, you know, and that it would uh, be a positive effect for them going into Shavasana. Yeah. You know, that's where I really wanted it. And, um, and there were a number of uh, teachers who, I don't think they're doing it as much anymore, but right. who would adjust you and, um, you know, come and adjust you and, you know, put your shoulders or lift your neck or lengthen out your neck and, and just really stretch you in, like stretch you out into that Shavasana. Yeah. And, um, you know, the rules have changed, I, I think. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I never really went by the rules, so. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, you had the, you had the, the exact combination of uh, going, I mean, there's, there's that, that innocence and an, you know, acknowledgement of your humanity and like, you know, fullness of of the human experience. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have this kind of like very Boston kind of (laughs) like there's a toughness about you, but there's a sweetness, you know, and it all comes together. That accent would come through every once in a while. (laughs) I hear it now more than I did. Oh, do you? Yes, it's moving into the West Coast. Because I've been around my sons probably. They live in Dorchester, so I'm sure. I was always practicing to pronounce my R's when I when I um began teaching yoga. And uh Every once in a while, I'd forget my R's, and the whole class would go, "What?" Uh. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, there it is, there it is." But the 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 touching component was so I loved the touching component. Yeah, that to me yeah. was just every, that to me was everything. I think um, uh, people familiar with the class who their purpose maybe to come in that Sunday was to rest would come up and say kind of could you get me done in the beginning of class so i could sleep all through the class oh wow yeah and so i would know who they were because i'd get the class going and then you'd start into the flow and i would go into maybe there'd always be one or two and i would start early with with the two students one or two students so they could now get what they want Mm. and then sleep for the rest of the class. And they slept. I mean, we had Mm. snoring, people snoring, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was, it was just so good. It was just such so good. It was so good feeling for everyone, Yeah. you know, knowing that, you know, so-and-so over here is snoring. I don't care what I do anymore. And and people let their cares go. They, it didn't matter. They weren't into what they were wearing or anything like that, you know, because that was also back then, you know, was a big deal about, you know, yoga clothes and Lululemon and 
all of that stuff, you know, but people came in and they just walked in and did their thing. It was great. There's an interesting, so, so we're, we're at three 30. And so, you know, I want to be mindful of time. Mm. Um, but just, I guess as a, this interesting thing that that's being kind of illuminated here, which is like, on one hand, you know, you want to have this intentional space that doesn't exist right now, you know, at least in, in your regular yoga classes, yoga studios. Right. And then an aspect of that space was the laissez-faire or the idea of you can be anything. So is almost a paradox there that I think is a real space for examination, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I, I think that, uh, you know, yoga definitely has that, has that sparkle to it. You know, that um, when I was first uh, becoming a yoga teacher, we, there weren't hundreds of yoga studios, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, you know, you and I practiced in Brighton, that was the yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that um, I was leaving yoga, there were three or four or five yoga studios mm-hmm. on Commonwealth Avenue. And they all, everyone had a hook to bring you in, you know, and it's that hook that, that was bothering me, I guess, you know, because when, um, with the teachers that, that taught me and the teachers that I would go to just to practice my own classes, they were just, they were just like traditional and I love the tradition of it. And I learned so much and they were just incredible, just incredibly knowledgeable and insightful and and i'm not saying teachers aren't now but the yoga space itself is changing you know like i said with technology is it getting to a point that it's accepted iphones in the studio sure go right ahead like that to me is like i i couldn't run a studio that way like i just like yoga is yoga is yoga yeah like let's not dazzle it let's not dress it up let's not you know, let's study it, let's practice it, let's, you know, learn about it, let's keep it what it is, and and um, just don't stop messing around with it. Like, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't have to make it 2021, you know what I mean? We have enough going on, you know, like just make it that you're, you know, that the conversation in there is um, the right conversation, you know, it's mm. not politics or anything like that. And that, um, and that the music is, if you have music, if you choose not to have me, whatever, but technology is not in there. There's mm. a place where it's quiet. Mm. You know, I mean, that a teacher can go in and say, why don't we keep our voices down? Maybe that's the teacher side of all of us who teach that we will go in and say that. Mm. And, and, and then, and it's once the rules start being bent too much, I think that it starts to lose lose its its uh, its genuine purpose. I think it's sacredness. <laughs> it's sacredness. <laughs> it's sacredness. Like I get. I mean, but I'm also the type of person that if my boy, if my kids came in in here watching a movie with me, is no different than a yoga class, right? You can't. I mean. If you're eating popcorn, you better get it done before that 
the first five seconds. Oh, wow. No talking. Yeah. If you're getting up to go to the bathroom, don't come back and ask me if she's the queen. Uh. <laughs> I am like, so imagine that. What I miss. And then I became a yoga teacher and the kids, my kids are like, oh God, like, you know, it, because I, I want, I, I just kind of like things to be minimal. And I like, you know, I, and I think that people deserve to have that break. And, and people would hide their phones like underneath and underneath their towels and, you know, and it's just, it's, it's gotten crazy. And I think it has yeah. to get back. Like, you need to open up a studio, Todd. That's like that. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the root, the the back to the roots mm, of yoga. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, that's what you need is a back to the root of yoga. You know, and and like, you know, if you watch, if you uh, if you want to see a great practice, is Jody Carey. Jody Carey worked at the studio uh, when it first opened, and I began with Jody and she is uh teaches she has it's called flow into it in Miami Florida mm -hmm. and she is the essence the essence of yoga mm -hmm. you should put Jody uh Carrie on your list oh cool yeah well now that I'm so the the you know the 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 next the next phase of it I've got one uh two more episodes for this first season then i'm going to do a family edition ah. and then after that i'm going to open it up to maybe you know it'll be mostly friends of mine who i want to talk with and and share kind of and, and discuss and then also people that i might not have met yet but like by that point i will have honed my interview skills a little bit to you know your interview skills are fantastic thanks well yeah. we ha we have a, a comfort level already you know there's there's yeah. another thing when it comes to like here's someone you've never met in person oh you're good with that yeah. though oh thanks. you know you just you just act yourself and you, that's what you do and that's who you are yeah you're you're this genuine person that is just so wonderful to be around and 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 you're going to be so successful at this too. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, I'll be hearing about you, I'm sure. Well, okay. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. You know, this this uh this this podcast came out of the process of actually this whole thing with the pandemic. So um on day one of the lockdown, mm -hmm. I started making one minute of music and video every day. I did that mm -hmm. for one hundred days. Wow. I took that and started a Patreon uh, account or website. So I was doing four music videos per month with notation wow. and the recordings and everything. Wow. I did that for three months and then realized that holding myself to that, you know, rigid quota mm -hmm. was not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I let go of that, then all of these other creative ideas came in like, okay, well, if you're not, if you don't need to hold yourself to, to making four music videos per month, what are the things that you would want to do and what kinds of things would add to the experience for your patrons? And so this podcast came out of it mm -hmm. as a sort of making of my, you know, artistry, making of, you know, who I am and what I, what I look at. And so mm -hmm. 
uh, or what how I how I view the world is directly related to what I learned from my teachers. And so mm. that's where this concept came from. And I'm going to allow this concept to develop to its fruition. And mm. it's opened up space for me to consider other kinds of music and recording and, and mm -hmm. video making. So it's all a, a process of permission to follow the creative voice and, uh, and see where it takes me. So it feels good. And it's been such a nice vehicle to reconnect with people like you. So mm. um, I know this has been wonderful. Yeah. Good. It's like time flies. I mean, it's just it, like, it, 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 you know, time does fly, but, but uh, knowing that I would be speaking with you just made me think of so many, you know, for me to take time you know, and just to step back and think of, I was just smiling at so many things and stories and, you know, people that I've met um, along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, a woman, uh, Isma, who came into the sacred yoga class. Mm -hmm. I think it was a sacred yoga class and she's from Italy and she has this way about her, you know, she's kind of like, you know, who, what the hell am I doing here? And this isn't going to change me and I'm not going to break down. And she came into the class and I could sense that about her. And I was like, I don't know, did I do something? And she came in and she was strutting her stuff, you know, and she came into the class and she cried, <laughs> cried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she kept on coming back. And then she lived with us for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she, and then when we went over to Italy, um, we stayed with her for a week. And now, you know, she's having a child and she's very close to my children. And, you know, it's those kind of stories that are just mm. so that add such a richness to my life. Mm. You know, I mean, um, you know, becoming a yoga teacher is everyone works hard and they study and they read and, but you learn so much from your students and, and the people around you. That's where mm -hmm. all the lessons come. Mm -hmm. You know, when you come into class and you're telling a story, it's definitely something that happened during your day mm -hmm. that you saw happen or, you know, something you read about, like I would quote, like I re read a lot and I still do Pima children. And oh yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed her. And, um, just little things along the way. And then people would tell their stories and, you know, share their stories. And that's what just mm. makes it so rich, you know? So it's about listening to the world around you too, I guess, that I've learned that helps me um, learn and, and teach and, you know, hopefully makes me a better person. I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah, see. yeah. That's probably the big epiphany I'm having right now, which is like, hearing you talk about, uh, about this specific class and its purpose that you witnessed and that I witnessed serve people that would come to the class, but then also serve you. Oh, yes. Mm. So the, the, the act mm. of mm. following our creative, you know, inner muse, inner guru mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, is basically our allowing to bring about like a heaven on earth, a, a, a part of what we 
want to experience that might not exist yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then inviting that into our lives. Right. Right. As, as a gift, mm-hmm. but also it's, it's like we're giving that gift to ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. It is. It just, it, it always comes full circle. You know, it's, it's always, uh, you know, hopefully that teachers go into their yoga class and they're just so glad to be there. Mm. You know, they're glad to teach and they're glad to kind of soak in uh, what's going on in the class and, uh, and learn as they're teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn as you're teaching too. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's an important lesson, I think, for all of us. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right before our, our interview, actually, I, um, I had a piano lesson with somebody who, like, I'm genuinely excited to be teaching because, you know, this person is creating on a really high level. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm really learning from watching them go through this process. And, uh, mm. but if I'm honest with myself, it's this, that's, that is the, the components of that are happening with every student. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if they're not necessarily, you know, writing all the hippest shit or something, you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's the same components that, that interface right. with the world. Right. Right. Like no man right. is an Island that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just so true. And, and more than ever, like we need each other and we need to um, take care of ourselves. We need to take care of the people around us too. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are probably some of them we don't want to take care of, but <laughs> we mm. still need to. You know, mm-hmm. in the world, we still, it's such a divided world that, you know, divided country that um, we still need to look beyond. And uh, it's hard, you know, to have an open heart all the time. And, but it's, it's, you learn along the way. You definitely learn, mm. learn along the way. Mm-hmm. I'm always well, learning. I, I always tell that to my kids in seventh grade. I'm all they're they're te- they teach me every day. Yeah. You know, yeah they'll yeah. ask me, you know, they'll teach me whether it's something on my phone or they call me a name. Like I and I don't know what that name means actually. Yep. <laughs> what is that? And they're like, Mrs. Don't you worry about it. That's really good. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know they'll tell me the music they're listening to, and they'll share a song or a book, or and I'm always learning. I'm I learn every day. You have to learn something new every day. Yes, something new every day. Yeah. I uh, just a quick story. I remember there was a gentleman who came into Sacred Yoga all the time. He came <laughs> in all the time, every Sunday and for years. And I often wonder how he's doing. And we were talking about learning every day. Mm-hmm. And so there, everyone's lying down. We're doing something. We're on the floor doing. We're not in Shavasana yet. But, and I said, for instance, I said, um, I uh, was watching um, Martha Stewart on TV. And I learned that I can peel ginger with a spoon. Ah. <laughs> right? So I walked away and he's always in the same place in the back. And so we, I talked about something else. And then I said, so what have you learned today? Just kind of to leave that hanging. Mm. And he went, I learned to peel ginger with a spoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I said, yes, you did. That's awesome. 
yeah, so it's that kind of, those great moments that are great, that, that just make everything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's an alchemy in that too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and in order to, I, I think the release that we can get from, from giving ourselves that downtime mm. can allow us to uh, access that kind of alchemy mm-hmm. more effectively. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, if we're just always on the go and not giving ourselves that, right, that, that right. real space, right, right, right. Um, then how could we expect ourselves to be able to transform the world? Right, right. And it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice to, you know, to get off your phone and off your computer and just shut down the noise. Yeah. You know, and it takes a lot of, it takes discipline too. Yeah. And, and, but we, I guess we shouldn't all also be too, uh, what do I want to say? Hard on ourselves. Right. Because life, like I said, life serves you and, you know, maybe you won't have 45 minutes for yourself, but you can make 10 you know, try to to fit in something, you know, don't take everything away from you because life is getting too complicated. Mm. You know, that's when you really have to kind of figure things out and you need to dig your heels in a little bit and say, you know, I, I need to, I need to spend some time and I need to figure, you know, I need to take care of myself first because of everything that's going on around me. That's how, I mean, that's how we all take it. Look at what you're doing. You're, you're, you're working with music and you're and methods and all of this, and you're being so creative at a time during the pandemic, right? You're taking all of that. And there, there are some people who are absolutely frozen. Yeah. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their lives are like, but they're frozen. They just cannot get to the next day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe they go to work and and or they or they're taking care of children, whatever. But they just can't get through this in in ways that other people can. You know, and I think mm. we have to be we have to um, look around and and see who who needs that kind of assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, who mm-hmm. needs that reminder that they're important that mm. you know you know what i mean but yeah. it's hard because you can't say come over the house and practice yoga or come to the house and listen to music it's so it's so boxed and so defined you know that uh like i said before you can always suggest things but people don't always take them but in time people do right you know, i think in time people figure out what they need yeah. 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 So as not to shy away from speaking your truth, like what right. you, how you see it. And as long as, as long as you know that it's not about them listening to you. Right. Right. You know, right. Then, then you can say it and it will, it will serve whatever, fun- maybe, it, maybe the biggest function is for you to hear it come out of your mouth for you to Exa- like. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's, it, and it's like kind of taking just what you need, you know, it's always going into a class and taking what you need, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
knowing that you're the only one who's deciding to go in Shavasana is completely okay. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a, for some people, that's a really hard decision. And I remember um, seeing the Dalai Lama at, um, I call it the Boston Garden. I'm, I'm dating myself, but, and I was with my friend Bev and uh, she was a yoga teacher also with me. And we were sitting there and the Dalai Lama was talking about people, you know, about, you know, when people kind of, you know, different things are coming your way or, or, you know, they're trying to push things on you, whatever. And then I remember she and I sitting there, we're really getting into talking and he's, he's right at the end of what he's saying. Like we're almost ready to leave. And he sits down and he says, do you know what I say to that? And he said, fuck it. And I looked at Bev and I said, did he just say fuck it? And he said it again. And he just said, fuck it. And I was like, <laughs> there we go. There we go. You know what I mean? And I saw him twice. I saw him in Foxborough too. And he, it was more like this more kind of sacred. And, and David Pearlstein, who owned the studio, we had great tickets and we got to you know, listen to him. So I expected the same when we were in the garden. And when he said that, that was the go ahead for me. That was like, yeah. woo, all right. <laughs> That's good. That I, I got to respond to that because it's uh, so. So first of all, I might have been at that same event, <laughs> but I fell asleep because I had eaten like an entire chicken Parmesan sub <laughs> right beforehand. And so I like woke up at the end and it was just oh like, Oh my God. I missed it. I missed yeah, it. It just took, it took us like, we weren't sure we heard it. And I think that's why he said it twice because I think <laughs> everyone probably said, I didn't hear that the right way. Did you? And Bev and I will still talk to this day that when, especially now, I guess, you know, with the Dalai Lama, he's um, um, 85 and he's getting older and, they're looking, you know, now the search begins and it's very, oh, yeah. it's very enticing. It's very interesting how that happens. But, you know, when he speaks, I, I, I definitely listen. I definitely listen. And yeah. Um, yeah, when he said it that way, it's almost like, I don't know if it was attention getting or if he was coming into like the year, two, I think it was 2019 or 18. I think he probably said, you know what, I'll drop the F-bomb just because everyone does. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know the um, uh, one of the people I interviewed on this show is uh, Reverend Seku, um, who was the visiting minister at the First Baptist where I was playing before I left oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston, mm -hmm. and he used to say, "You can't trust someone who doesn't cuss." <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But, uh, yeah. So we can trust the Dalai Lama now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get, I, 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 I always enjoy hearing him speak. I've actually looked at uh, some of his videos over the last, I don't know, I guess over this past year, he's had, yeah. had some interesting videos. And oh, I'll have to look at those. I'll have to look at those. Yeah. Even, you know, it doesn't, he was talking about something very specific to, um, to China or, you know, oh, yeah, or yeah, India, yeah. it had something to do with, with like, you know, the, the future of Buddhism or the present state of Buddhism. And I mean, it's not necessarily a topic that I'm invested in, but it, but just hearing him talk, uh, yeah. was really, really nice. Right. Right. 
Right. It, yeah. This just so you know, I just read an article the other day, and I don't know a lot about it either, but I guess he'll make the decision to be reincarnated, and during that year, they look for the child that has the same attributes. Wow. Something about there's something about objects that they touch. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I don't know what it was, but I read the article and it was just the other day. I think it was on, I, I forget it was online. And I thought, wow, you just choose like to reincarnate. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, like on Friday I'll be here, but um, I, like, I just didn't really understand it too much, but I'm trying to, keep up with it a little bit more because it it, it has piqued my interest it's interesting yeah, yeah it yeah. has piqued my interest about who's who's running around you know running around thinking maybe they're the next right right Obama. who knows we'll see well maybe we can we can touch base when we find out be... oh yes and anytime you're in boston hmm. you come and stay here oh thank you we have plenty of room honest to goodness Never, 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 ever hesitate. Wow, never thank you, Mary. hesitate. We've had foreign exchange students from all over the place and they come and go and they're in the house and they love the dog and they go in the fridge and they sit in the backyard with their friends and they just have a great time. So you make sure that, that uh, I'm not kidding you. Don't ever let me hear that you're staying in some <laughs> seedy hotel. <laughs> on comm i appreciate that <laughs> the, that's what, all we need before before i say goodbye i'm gonna i'm gonna say goodbye to the the people listening which i always okay. basically my mom so bye mom and uh the uh and thank you mary for being on this oh, episode thank you so very much thank you so, so very much i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the uh the stop recording button here so uh, if there's anything, anything that you'd like to say to the the vast audience before we go, we are very lucky to have you. Oh, that in our lives, that is for damn sure. Thanks, Mary. All right, stopping recording. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to episode eight of Conversations with My Teachers. For now, this podcast is housed over on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Todd Marston. Other things that I do on that page are uh, release music, recordings, and videos that I make, and notation of the songs that I write. So please take a look around and uh, consider sharing or signing up to support. Thank you so much. Take care.